Welcome back, boys and girls, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined, as always, by the KG Cast Lush. Cass, how you doing, bro? Hey, now, ladies and gentlemen, we are here, episode three. It is the pop culture episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Oh man, I'm not, I'm having a good time. I really enjoyed last week's episode for sure too. Uh, the Taboo Tuesday uh, episode versus Hell in a Cell was a good time. Oh, yeah. We we chatted up about the controversy and the current day booking. Oh, uh, I was mistaken though. I said I kept I kept saying that they they this is why they never did that again. But they actually did it again the next year. They did two Taboo Tuesdays. They did one in 2004 and one in 2005, and that was it. Oh yeah, yeah. And so, then didn't wait? Didn't they do one that wasn't on Tuesday? I feel like they did like a Cyber Monday. That Cyber. Was like a raw. Cyber they did, they No, did they did like Cyber they did Cyber Sunday. They did oh, Cyber, Cyber Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, yeah Cyber it was Sunday, a pay-per-view. Yeah. It was a pay-per-view Cyber Sunday. It kind of was the spin-off of Taboo Tuesday. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know they did another Taboo Tuesday though. Well, I mean, how, how, how did you feel about last week's episode, man? Did you get any good feedback? Oh yeah, definitely. I think uh it's uh it's that hot topic episode. It we we covered the the controversial finish, one of the worst finishes of all time. So if you haven't listened, go back. Um, there's some good input from me and Daniel on that one. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was one of one of the better episodes. You know, it's always yeah, good man. when you have some controversy like that. Yeah, I agree. And so uh, with that being said, let's jump, jump ahead here, man. Let's jump into this week's episode. This is episode number three of our pop culture series. We try to bring you one alternative show a month, and we just cover pop culture stuff. We give the wrestling a break for one week out of the month, and we talk about pop culture stuff. So if you've been following our show, You'll know that uh, last month we started this specific series, uh, and we compared A New Hope to Back to the Future 1, the first Star Wars movie, to Back to the Future Part 1. And today, we're going to be covering The Empire Strikes Back versus Back to the Future Part 2. Man, these movies. Am I right? Am I right? Mm. Oh, you are totally right. These are, man, two of the best. I can't wait to, to break them down a little bit. And go over them, man. Do you so, remember like the first time that you saw like either one of these movies? Did you watch? Did you like end up watching the movies yeah. as like as they were as trilogies all together, or do you like did you like, kind of break them up or? Right. So Back to the Future is different than than Star Wars for me. Star Wars, I pretty much we went and rented uh, four, five, and six, yeah, and I watched them all back to back then in a couple of days, you know, because um, I I watched it as I said in the first comparison episode. Um, the first pop culture episode of this series that we're doing. Um, I was late in the game for Star Wars, and I watched them like that, four, five, and six, way down the road. I think I said, I think it's, I was like 13 or 14 or something. Um, oh, wow. Star Wars was different. It's kind of one of those things I've always just, I always could remember. Um, I would say the first time I could remember really watching that, that second one was probably just like when it was on TV some random day in the 90s. Um, yeah. But it's hard to pinpoint it because I've it's always Back to the Future. I've just I've always known. I've always known about uh, like orange juice and chocolate milk and Back to the Future. It's yeah. one of those things. I know food and I know there's a sky and grass yeah. and I know Back to the Future. So I can't really tell you when the first time is. So you did. So when you watched like the Back to the Future movies, did you watch them concurrently, like back to back to back, or was it just like on TV? Or? Um, I'd never watch. I mean, I've watched them like that now as an adult, but sure. back then it was just. I kind of it just yeah whenever whichever one was on and or whichever one 
uh, one of my brothers or somebody was watching if we had the VHS or something, or we would rent it over and over and over. I don't think we ever owned it. That's one of those ones you waste like so much money renting for some reason back in the day when movie renting was a thing. I used to do that with video games too. Yeah. Like I could have like just bought point, it. Yeah, you could have I could have bought game. it, but yeah, instead yeah. I'd pay all these late fees and rent it over and over again. Yeah. That and the movie Blank Check. I used to rent that rent that one a lot. You ever see Blank Check? Fantastic. I did. Uh, yeah. The I did. kid Funny finds story. the blank. The, the that guy kid, like that kid ended yeah. up playing in a punk band out of like Denver, and I played some really? shows with his band like years ago. Yeah, a couple oh, years that's, ago. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Hilarious. Brian Bonsall is his name. Nice dude. Wow. Killed it. Yeah, he feel, he puts like a slide from his bedroom to his pool. Yeah, yeah. I loved that movie too as a kid, man. I love that but, movie too. Well, right now we're doing Back to the Future. Yeah, so you, did? do you remember, did you oh, watch? Oh, yeah, distinctively. I mean, I, I definitely watched, uh, like I had the VHS trilogy of Back to the Future, and I watched them all kind of in succession for the first yeah. time. I was younger. I mean, I was probably, I don't know, maybe second or third grade, so probably like seven, eight, nine, somewhere around in there. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty much the same thing for, for, for Star Wars. Like that, that it was all kind of like in the same wheelhouse for me. It was all around the same time. Um, same with Indiana Jones. Like for some reason I got into like all these like kind of movie franchises all around the same age. Yeah. Um, so they all kind of had like equal, but different impact. Like, cause to me, they're very kind of different, uh, you know, just kind of stories, but yeah, man, let's just jump into, uh, let's just jump into Empire Strikes Back here. Uh, man, after the release of A New Hope, it was obvious that Lucas had kind of struck gold with the series. Uh, you know, like, as we covered in the first episode, like, he was pretty much struggling and stressed out through, like, the entire movie. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was more excited about this movie, like, moving forward since Star Wars had been such a huge hit. Uh, because he was able to kind of, like, self-fund most of it. Um, so that way, uh, the, the studio was essentially just licensing the movie from him. But he had, like, full creative control and ownership and all that. Uh, and also, he made one of the smartest decisions, I think, in his career by hiring an outside director. Um, the look and feel of this movie kind of had a little bit more darker, edgier, kind of like uh, serious overtone to it. It wasn't so like uh, fairy tale-ish, you know, it was a little more right. grimy. Um, and Empire was, you know, kind of the first of those sequels. Uh, and they, they doubled down on the budget, too. Um, and, man, it was just, it, it really showed... Uh, they literally doubled the amount of sets and shots, you know, and, I mean, wow. you know, especially coming from like a new hope, having it being like, you know, such a blockbuster and like monumental movie, like visually, like to add that much, uh, you know, you're essentially like pioneering a whole new movie again. Uh, but I think, I mean, I think he did a great job hiring on Kirshner. Um, I think that like having that directorial change made a huge, huge difference. Um, the special effects were, were much more, um in, in depth too because of the amount of shots you know I mean, when you think about mm -hmm. like all the scenes and all like the areas like with the with sky city to hot to like you know the standard like dog fights in space like it's pretty incredible now to like uh as an adult like you don't notice those things when you're watching the movie it's just seamless it's like a story you know but like if you when you, when you really dissect it like and you go back and try to watch the movie after like kind of watching these documentaries and learning like all these things mm -hmm. you really notice like you know, this is before, like, CGI, too. Like, dude, they're doing all this stuff with, like, props and, and you know, like, just, just yeah. to scale model or, you know, downscale models. It's it's pretty impressive, man. What do you think about, like, the, the old special effects in, in Empire? Yeah, that was one of the things I noticed from going from watching New Hope to Empire was it felt a little bigger. It felt yeah. uh, just from the opening scenes and, like, the, the – I forget – man, I – 
I tried to remember the name of the planet, but the winter where it's Hoth. winter. Okay. Yes. Hoth. Hoth? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like that, you know, all the, like the different sets, like you said, they use more sets, but everything just felt bigger and better. And you could tell yeah. it made sense coming off, uh, the, the success of new hope. And that was one of the first things watching it over again for this that I noticed. Uh, so right on what you were saying, I, I, I you, you could definitely notice, um, not yeah. that it makes the movie better or anything like that, but I, I definitely noticed, uh, def, definitely noticed better production in some areas than in, than in that first one. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think this movie, I love the start of this movie. And uh, I love I love the story. There are some parts that I, we're gonna get to that I, I kind of don't like, but um, yeah. just just there on your on your first one on your first question, I did notice that. I did not. Now I didn't watch the the uh, documentaries like you did, and I want to yeah. go back and watch them. I just don't have them like you do. But that that yeah. is that sounds like some some pretty cool stuff. That yeah, full disclosure, there, so. I have the full Blu-ray set for like I have every Star Wars movie ever made, and I have also the Back to the Future trilogy. Obviously, That's so. fantastic. Uh, now I, I have watched I have yeah. watched some documentaries for Back to the Future. <coughs> oh, of course, That's naturally. Cool. Proceed. Yeah, I mean, another, another, obviously, like a big selling point to you. You know, when you're making a sequel to the biggest movie of all time, like the first yeah. real blockbuster in in Star Wars, A New Hope, like uh, having the original cast uh, is kind of like a must in order to really make the second one successful. Um, and they and they pretty much got the, the you know the original cast all all returned, but they also had notable additions, um, yeah. like Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Like yep. you can't. Lando Calrissian is probably, you know, arguably a fan favorite for sure. Especially as time goes on, he becomes more and more a fan favorite. Uh, another like under low key, like one of the more beloved characters in the, the whole franchise is Boba Fett, and yep. he kind of got introduced in in this movie. Um, and not to mention, okay, here's the biggest one, right? Yoda. So Yoda is kind of like becomes like the key points, a key, a key like. Uh, figure gemstone. in the yeah, yeah, in the yeah, whole, like the, yeah, in the yeah. whole movie series one of the, Yoda. yeah one of the yeah. one of the most uh, iconic characters of all time especially for like a supporting cast character right. um, you know Frank Oz so so you essentially had the guy from the Muppets now you have to really yeah. like, what you yeah. really think about dude like how big of it of a risk is it after you've had the biggest movie of all time and you're like you know what you know what this movie needs this next one it needs a Muppet yeah you know what I mean like how can you pull that off and make your movie darker than the first one and edgier than the first one? Who like, speaks like somebody from the Muppets? Right, like, it, like literally, dude. that voice is a Muppets voice. I mean, it's kind literally. of it's crazy to think about. Like the yeah. entire franchise could have like if Yoda comes on the screen the first time and people laugh. Oh, it's boom, over. The whole franchise is dead. Yeah. The whole franchise is dead. Everything we know about Star Wars now in 2019 is completely different than it was. 40 years ago, you know what I mean? Which is kind of yeah. crazy. Like, what, what if people had responded to Yoda at that time the way people responded to Jar Jar Binks in, like, 99 when that happened? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because they're trying to get the same thing from these characters, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, kind of yeah. comic relief, a little bit of wisdom, you know, like, that kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, man, I mean, the, just the sets yeah. they did there, too, the, like, that whole thing was pretty wild. What do you think about the cast and all those notes there? Yeah, so the funny thing is, if, and I just thought of this while you were saying it. I, I really was thinking about it. If you go and ask some some people on the street have n more than you would think have never seen these movies, sure. don't know yeah. much about them. Sad, sad but true. I I would bet more if they had to name one person, they're not gonna name Luke Skywalker. They're not gonna let name Princess Leia or Han Solo. I bet you more people are gonna say Yoda. If you said what's somebody from Star Vader. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
other than Darth, maybe. Other than Darth Vader, because, yeah, you're right. Everybody knows Luke. How they do that yeah. friggin' voice or whatever from this movie. Um, so, yeah, I would say he's the most important addition. But, uh, yeah, this uh, – I, I would say before I even – I remember knowing Yoda before I watched these movies. I mean, who doesn't know Yoda? And he gets introduced here whenever it's Luke having to go to this. Because doesn't – so Luke gets that little premonition of uh, you, you get his, his uncle – uh, freaking uh, Obi Wan. Yeah, well, that's uh, yeah. it's not his uncle, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh, okay. Like Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mentor Obi Wan tells him to go to this freaking weird swampy island, and he comes there. His planes—I call it a plane. You like that? It gets stuck in the mud there in the swamp, and he comes the out. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that it? Yeah, the X-wings oh, there. Jesus. That's a good scene, man. I will it's say, great, of course it is. The great scene. I will the say, fog, though, dude, like the swamp. Yeah, yeah. It's very like it's classic. It's classic. Yeah. I will say though, it got a little. This movie, this movie compared to New Hope, had a few more boring scenes in it, where scenes kind of were drawn out. Oh, I and disagree this, wholeheartedly. The 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 introduction of Yoda, I will say, I started like every time they go back, like whenever they would go back to that scene where they're there on in the swamp. I kind of was like, oh man, this is kind of boring. But um, I do like all the additions. I love uh, Billy D. Williams. Yeah, um, I mean, what classic. I, like. Yeah, if we could jump, so jump to Billy D. Williams' main scene, dude. He kind of does the the double reverse on him, like he yeah. he he kind of plays him out. But then yeah. by the end of the scene, he's on their side again. That was kind of yeah. weird. It's like. But what people don't... It was pulled I, off well, though. It was good acting. Right. And the story did make sense. He was being pressured. You know what I mean? Well, I read a, I read something criticizing Billy D. Williams' part in this movie. And I wanted to put my two cents on it. And I'm going to go for it right now. And I want to see what you think. Because you've seen this movie way more times than me. Yeah. And like it a whole lot more. So yeah. the, the what I read... I read this a couple times before... But seriously, I read this a couple times. I was looking at reviews and stuff about it. People didn't. They said it was kind of like bad writing and stuff, and it was stupid that he turns on them and then he turns on Luke and all them. And I didn't see it like this. I don't. And I, I want to know what you guys think too. So what I ca- saw a bunch of people online saying, and I did not watch it like this. They were saying that because he turns on them and and you know Darth Vader's in there because he tells them you know we got a special guest and then Darth Vader comes in and then by the end of it he ends up sit, helping them get away or whatever, right? Yeah. Well. There's there's some dialogue in there, and he gets forgiven because he had no choice to do yeah, that. He wasn't. Yeah, he was pressured. Imagine everybody, if like the I emperor saw, of the universe comes to your right. city, you're like, I mean, what am I gonna do? Like, of course I'm gonna turn my exactly. friend over. Like, and that's how I saw it by the end of it. At first, you're like, oh man, why did he do that? He's a bad guy. But yeah. then you learn throughout the thing that he was pressured to do it, and that's why yeah. by the end of the day he was a good guy. But I saw so many reviews of people like criticizing. That they just they were they the way they made it seem and I promise you if you go and look at some you'll have I saw it in like out of like every five ones I saw somebody did, and I kept thinking I did not see it like that I didn't see it like that at all they were saying they made it seem like it was he was for Darth Vader and then he changes his mind at the last second and does it like that's not it at all they they even like use dialogue in there somewhere I wish I could tell you the exact one where he's he blatantly kind of says he was pressured into it, or he makes it, or you makes you aware. Yeah. Or without yeah. dialogue, I think you're just it's supposed clear, to know yeah, that he it's was clearly, very clear. Yeah. So I didn't it's like that because clear. I love I love him in that movie. Um, no, I think he's, he's fantastic. He's I great. Mean, he think, was. Yeah. 
he's not I, in he's not in as many movies as as I, as like you'd think, but he's like he's very popular from Star Wars. I know him yeah. from they did this really long uh Jackson Five movie. And oh yeah, I remember that. Is, uh, it's he's like a uh, mini series, right? Wasn't on yeah, VH1? a mini series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one always would air it. He's in that. He's uh he's the producer for uh, Motown. Uh, Gord yeah. Gordy, Barry Gordy. Yeah. He's yeah. Barry Gordy. Anyway, yeah, I, I remember uh, seeing that too. I think it was just called the Jacksons. Yeah, the Jacksons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Such no, it's the Jacksons. Dot dot. The American Dream. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're absolutely right. I remember that. I got that. Damn, I have that. that I have that recorded on VHS with the commercials from the '90s. So you still get all those classic '90s commercials. We should live stream that. Oh, I still have like, it. Get together and like oh, play dude. it and like live stream it. <laughs> do like a little science mystery theater like commentary over top of it. That's a good movie. But, yeah, man. I mean. <laughs> Dude, like, okay, so so the cast is obviously perfect, right? The interaction between them uh, is, uh, you can tell that the, you know, you know, doing the promotional tours and just having them constantly together uh, after that first movie really like brought the chemistry up to another level to me. Like, you know, in those main scenes when it's like Han and Chewie and Leia and Luke, like all that with the droids, like that's that they can. I felt like this in this movie they really they hit it. Like, you know what I mean? Like they they found their stride. All the chemistry. The interaction between every actor, the timing, the tempo, everything was just so smooth. Um, the classic exchange between Leia and Han uh, when he's about to be frozen in the carbonite, you know, she blurts out, "I love you," yeah. and he says, oh, "I what know." What does he say? You know, I know. Says, I know. Yeah. You know, like, and that's that. So they had done it like a thousand times where he said, "I love you too," and yeah. it just didn't feel right. And he was like, "You know what? Just act like be Han Solo." And he said, "Like I know," and that was the one they kept. So it was all ad lib. And I mean, that's a, that's a huge moment. Like I feel yeah. like for any. For anybody that like really loves this series, that's the, it's one of the bigger moments. Um, no one on the set. Speaking of like bigger moments, no one actually on the set or in the movie knew uh, that they were gonna do the big reveal, the big swerve, as they say in the business. With uh, yeah, with having Vader. I got, Vader I got a question father. on that. Yeah, I go got ahead. A question. Do you want to go on, or should I ask my stupid question? No, have at it. Have at it. Okay. Question. I've always heard. I've all. There's always been urban legend, I guess. Um, cause yeah, I'm not a, that big of a fan of this movie as, as, as m- most, but I am a fan of these movies and I love star Wars and I'm uh-huh. a nerd Yeah. and, uh, I, I talk with people about it. I've always heard, and I feel like I've repeated this probably not knowing what I was talking about, but that the quote, so the quote, what is the quote? Luke, I am your father. Mm-hmm. Um, that the quote was, um, Luke, I killed your father and they no. changed it. No, that it was originally, and then they like they originally. No, the that was original it, line. They, the line that even, okay, so the line that they actually used on set, the line that yeah. like Mark Hamill as Luke reacted to was Obi Wan killed. No, Obi Wan killed your father. Oh, and this maybe is the thing too. Something. So this maybe is another. Okay, okay, so no, okay, this I think it was, this is what you're talking about. There's been an internet controversy about because everyone always uses the line in pop culture and references. They say Luke. I am your father, but that's not the actual line in the it's movie. Not the actual line. The line in the movie is no, I am your father. He doesn't say Luke. Yeah. He said Obi, you know, Obi Wan never told you what happened to your father, did? And he's like, he told me you killed him. And he said, no, I am your father. That's the line, right? Yeah, yeah. But on set, he said, no, Obi Wan killed your father. So he still reacted the same way. So no one in the movie knew that okay. Darth Vader was Luke's father until the premiere, because James Earl Jones did all the voiceovers after in post production, yeah. you know? So yeah. like. No one knew except for Kirshner, the director, Lucas, and then James Earl Jones when he spoke it. 
So they uh, did that just to swerve everybody, even on set. They just didn't want to getting out. They knew how big it was going to be. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of people say, too, oh, it's because George Lucas was a hack, and he just decided to put that in there last minute to give right. the movie a that's pop. That's what I've heard. That's what no, I, that's, that's I guess I messed up the line. That's it was not okay. true at all. Okay. Like, the idea – because, okay, so when Star Wars first came out, it had the episode four thing, A New Hope, you know, whatever. Um, but he was really pushing the episode four thing. Because mm-hmm. anyway, he was – he started to – Maybe not write episodes one through three, but he he had a a uh, you know like a brainstorming book essentially yeah. for Anakin Skywalker and and him becoming Darth Vader. So he knew after after while he was writing Empire, he knew that Vader was going to be Luke's dad. Yes. Well, he knew he knew that he knew that Vader was going to be Luke's dad. That's what I said. Did it cut out? Oh, okay. Sorry. No, I had a distraction. I'm oh, sorry. it's all good. That's <laughs> all right, guys. We're here. It's all good. Megan, all good. Megan yeah. came in and she turned on the freaking sink, and it got me distracted. So, yeah, man. Anyway, I mean, so it was mainly just a. a so okay. I so got all right. So 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 now that we're we're, we're kind of like we're here through the gist of the movie. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of? I mean, like as far as like all those the quotes from this movie, uh, the more iconic like you know staples in pop culture, which is you know why we're covering yeah. it. How 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 does that weigh? Like, what's that gravity like in your life? You know what I mean? Is that like, do you remember these quotes like with your friends or yeah. like? Yeah, yeah. So m- main takeaways from this movie, growing up and everything, Yoda, and talking like Yoda and just saying sentences like Yoda all the yeah. time. Uh, do it, misquoting Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Um, and I think that's mainly the reason why everybody quotes it like that is because you just you got to get Luke in there to kind of realize make people know that you're talking about. I think that's why you kind of or the reference, yeah. Yeah, you're referencing it even though it's not really. Um, right. And then, yeah, that's like another one of those things. Like who like always knew that line even before I saw the movies. Always knew Yoda and how Yoda talked. I always yeah. knew yeah. Uh, Darth Vader, and I knew that line. Yeah. Um, Later in life, though, and like after watching it, one of my favorite things is "I love you, I know." That's like classic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Luke, I am your father moment to me is not only the one of the more iconic like lines in this franchise. I honestly feel like it's the one of the more iconic like lines in all of like pop. I would say in cinema and yeah, pop culture, yeah, and everything. That's one. If you like made a little reel for like the Oscars. And have like famous quotes from yeah, Casablanca from, like, from movies that change the world. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all these movies, you would have that on there, hands down. You would like, no doubt, you would have that on there. You wouldn't have anything for Back to the Future, I don't think. I mean, there's some great lines, but I honestly don't think you would have. Oh, I think you probably would. I think you probably depending would. on how long you were trying to make the video. If you were trying to just do like you a could, shorter one with some if you, if you're throwing in a montage, you could totally just throw in a great Scott in there. Like uh, you could yeah. totally just have hey. like a Marty and like, you could totally do hey, it. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm the biggest. Because, again, fan, like when we're but, talking, when you talk about like yeah. the, the influence in the pop culture, if anyone just yells great Scott, everyone knows where that's from. Everybody knows immediately what that's from. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I don't think I even people that haven't even people, seen the movie. More people were gonna know Luke. I am your. Father. Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Um, but that's but, not to slight. Uh, I'm not the good slight. doctor. Yeah. But man, yeah. Okay, let's just go ahead and wrap up this movie. Uh, just the movie ended up uh, ten million dollars over budget, but of course it was a massive success. Uh, and because of this specific success, uh, is that's when Lucas decided to actually build the Skywalker Ranch. 
uh, and like kind of turn the Lucasfilm thing into in, instead of just being like his own little company into like an actual physical plant compound that he's running, you know, Skywalker Sound out of and THX and and every, everything else that, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of goes along with the George Lucas brand. Um, so, yeah, man, in my opinion, um, honestly, this is my favorite Star Wars movie of all time. This is okay. the best one to me. Um, I like the edginess of it. I like the darkness of it. But there's um, there's the right amount of, like, romance without it being too girly at all. You know what I mean? And there's there's the right amount. There's way more, like dog fights you know in space there's way more like lightsaber action there's more overall i just felt like this movie was very much more complicated so i can understand why people would have like more of a gripe with it or maybe even side more on the on the side of a new hope just because it's a pretty classic good versus evil story but Mm -hmm. you know empire was was a little convoluted uh but to me i enjoyed every facet of it and because it was so so compounded with with so much story to transition to um that's that's why it's that you know it's that's why it's a good rewatch all the time. I always find new things and I'm like, oh, that's cool, or things I forgot about, or like little small parts of that movie uh, that kind of impress me every time. Uh, what's your overall takeaway from Empire Strikes Back? Yeah, I love this movie. I'll always rewatch it. But man, I I honestly think I'm more of a New Hope guy. Something about New Hope, uh, maybe because it's such a classic, and like you said, it's probably a lot simpler. That good versus evil, it's the first one of of all of them. Something about something about that first movie, though, I like a little more than this one, just a little bit. It's crack one open for the working man. Yes, That's sir. Right. More beer. Um, yeah. So, like I said, it's it's not by much, but I do like a New Hope just a tad bit more, but. And it's mainly because there's a few parts. I, you know, I like that the story is a little more complex in this one, in Empire Strikes Back. I like it's a little more complex. I like that it, it feels a little bigger. You can tell, you know, they're they're working with a lot more money, like you said. But it seemed at some points I did get a little bored. Um, I got there's just some dry moments for me that kind of took me out of it a little bit. So sure. I would say by a hair. A New Hope wins. Now, other trilogies and stuff like that, it's it's never by hair. There's one that I just like so much more usually, but in this one, A New Hope just has a by by a hair. I still think it's a great movie, and it's it's one of the best sci-fi space type movies there is. But yeah, I'm I'm New Hope. So that being said, Daniel, what do you have for me next? Moving I, right I'm along. I'm just gonna guess that it has to do with Back to the Future. Maybe. I don't know. Just it taking a guess. Indeed. It does. Just taking indeed. a guess. We are jumping back to the future. Hello. Man, dude. <laughs> so obviously, uh, the overwhelming success of back of the first Back to the Future. Um, yes. I mean, shit, the fact that it's still referenced today uh, mm-hmm. and stuff like Stranger Things. Um, I mean, it's just such an iconic movie. So, uh, you know, both the Bobs got together. Uh, Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Uh, and they kind of only had like one stipulation to the studio because obviously the studio is just banging on their door to get a sequel out. Uh, and they were like, you know what? We'll do it if the original cast all does it. So it actually took them a while to get to the sequels because they had a really hard time uh, getting Crispin Glover uh, to sign on for the sequel, who played George yeah. McFly in the original movie, right? He's a uh, freak. Yeah, and he uh, he was demanding money that they didn't think that he was worth. He wanted to be paid the same as uh, Michael J. 
um, or more. Uh, and I, I mean, you kind of got to feel that silly. Uh, so almost as like a uh, an fu to Crispin, they literally told his agent, "We'll just kill George McFly." Then, uh, I mean, that's what Bob Gale says in this interview. He said, "You know, I, I literally told his agent. I told her like, all right, fine, we'll just kill George McFly." Uh, and that's the basis, go. like, that was, so because of that, he was so heated that he was like, you know what, we're going to move forward, we're going to do it, uh, and I'm going to base the storyline off of George McFly dying, and that's why his tombstone is in Back to the Future 2. Um, the, now, there, there was a different issue with, you know, obviously it wasn't all the original cast, and there's, set, you know, if you're a diehard Back to the Future guy, if you're a big mark for Back to the Future, uh, you'll, all of us will say, the original Jennifer was 10 times hotter. Oh, yeah. And the replacement, Jennifer. But you know what? You got to give her her due. She did a great job. She was thrown into a role that was already really cemented by uh, that that girl. Why didn't and, she, the girl go back? Uh, so she was actually, like, had a lot of family loss happening. Like, she was not even oh, acting man. anymore. She was out of the business. So, like, she wasn't even able to be contacted. She straight up was just like, I'm done acting. Um, uh, so, yeah, Elizabeth Shue is who ended up getting um, the, new, the, the new part of Jennifer. And Jeffrey Wiseman actually played uh, the upside down floating uh, George McFly yeah. in the uh, you know little hover yeah. lev or whatever it was like the, the little back brace thing, uh, which is pretty funny. Uh, I mean, you really see Michael's kind of acting chops in this one too. I mean, he's he played like himself as an older man. He played his daughter. He played his idiot mm-hmm. son. He played his regular time self, and he everyone was different. Like. Uh, yeah. I felt like he did a really good job, but of course, of course, Christopher Lloyd is just—he is the—he's the doc. That's what he is. He's the doc. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kill I mean, Christopher Lloyd just and he, he and Tom Wilson both, who played Biff, did such a great job, like bringing the character, like bringing to life the characters of Doc Brown and Biff. That it's really hard to see them. Like they killed it so well that it's so hard to see them as anything other than Biff and Doc Brown. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think about the cast overall, like comparing it to the first oh. one to this one and all that? Yeah, I didn't know about the the girl who played the girlfriend. Um, so I've always kind of hated that growing up, just like I wish yeah. I could have came yeah, back, you know? So much but um, Crispin Glover is just a freak, if you know anything about that guy. He's just crazy still today. Um, not needed. It would have been great if he could have came back. Story yeah. would have probably been totally different, though. This is one of those type of movies hey, where... freak or not, though, he was fantastic as George McFly. On the oh, first. dude, that laugh that he has in the first one when he looks oh. at the TV and looks back, he's not paying attention. Ah, ah, ah. Just, oh, it's yeah, so yeah. freaking ah, good. Ah, ah, yeah. Ah, that ah, part so cracks good. me so up good. every with time I crack brittle? it. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Eating it with some milk. Oh, it's so good. Um... Yeah, dude, great. It's just fantastic. Like you said, Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox, killing it with all the different roles. Almost doing like a Eddie Murphy, uh, uh, Nutty Professor like type, thing. type playing thing. Diff- yeah, 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 playing yeah, all yeah, these totally. different characters totally. before his time. Uh, this movie, man, it was so freaking good. Cast-wise, uh, dude, Biff, one of the greatest oh. villains of all time, especially oh, in this he's, he's movie. He's up there with Vader to me, dude. I mean, dude, honestly, he's up there. Like He kicks it in gear this movie even more he's terrible oh, yeah. in the first one this is, this is his breakout this, movie for he's sure he's like for sure. oh he's so hateable and it's yeah. so great man so i'm trying to not i keep jumping off of him just trying to talk about the cast so yeah i mean uh, to me man so me, his mom first, yeah oh my god uh, yeah the dude. mom dude. dude i mean she even said that too she said that like 
she said that you know as as an actor like you have to have a, le a level of confidence but you also are timid and you never really know how things are going to end up in post but she said doing this movie like when they're in the high rise when they're in the, like the yeah. horror biff time or whatever yeah. that alternate reality um she said that her scene of the like the drunk stumbling mm -hmm. like she said that that's her literally her favorite piece of acting that she's ever done in her career that wow. one scene where she gets slapped yeah. and like yeah. She's like, you know, with the, I mean, she's just, are all she was out. like, I was Lorraine McFly. Like I was like, yeah. it was just, everything was perfect. Tom, she, she gave him like so much credit, like Biff just being his timing, like, dude, this, and that's the thing too, man. A lot, a lot of people just brush these movies under the rug. Like, it's like, oh, these are kids movies. They're sci-fi movies. They're haha -ha movies. They're mall rap right. movies. Like, but dude, this, like the acting in this movie, like I would put this, I would put some, some of the acting, some don't, don't crucify me here. Some of the mm -hmm. acting. This scene specifically, I would put this up with a with a with a, a Tarantino or a Scorsese film, no doubt about it to me. I mean, just yeah. fantastic performances, completely encompassing those characters. Uh, I mean, they sold it for a lifetime. I will never forget these scenes. I could never no. see these movies again, and I will always remember them. Yeah, I love that they go. I love that everything kind of is. They always reference the other movies. They are yeah. the first movie, yeah, and they have the same little Times Square, and they do all this stuff. I love it. I love that. I love when they go and there's that classic 80s shop, which is a pivotal point in the whole movie because he buys yeah. the sports almanac. But I love the showing things. I love when he goes in to buy a a Coke or a Pepsi, just like he does in the in the first yeah. movie. I love everything about that and the opening scenes of all these movies and and didn't they they filmed this they filmed this back to back simultaneously with the third movie the western one and they actually yeah. they actually throw you little references to that in this movie whenever he goes to yeah. the 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 Trump Tower you know whatever Biff's Tower, Biff tower. yeah yeah and 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 Hill Valley there's a, they're like, and it's a little documentary going on in the background. Find out about who is Biff Tanner, how he came, yeah, 21 yeah, yeah. years old, and be Mad uh, Dog Tannen. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it says even all the way back to his great grandfather, yeah. Mad yeah, Dog. Yeah, yeah. And then they yeah. show a picture of him. And yeah. It's just so cool that they were that they had that in mind, and they they saw it so they saw it yeah. like that. And well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, okay. it's it, yeah, I mean, it's it's really that's a great point yeah. because the original script was actually going to be set in the 1960s. Uh, Bob Gale re really wanted to kind of focus around the turmoil of, uh, you know, Lorraine maybe being like a flower child and like protesting right. the Vietnam War. Um, and maybe because um, his original idea was that like, you know, even though things were better now, uh, you know, you know, at the end of at the end of Back to the Future one, he goes back to 1985 and like his parents are wealthy and they got together and like his right. dad's this author. Got a brand uh, new truck. Right. And so, uh, you know, Bob Gale's original idea was like, hey, well, maybe, maybe we'll make it like in a sequel. It'll be like, don't, you know, be careful what you wish for because things might change too much and you might go out of whack the other way. And, right. you know, we'll say that like in the 60s, there could have been this uh, affair that possibly Lorraine had. Now it's popping back up and it's changing this whole timeline oh, yeah. because obviously now that you got them together the way you did in the 50s, their whole 60s were different. Their 70s were different. Uh, so uh, this, right. he was supposed to be around the Vietnam War, and Marty was going to go back to jail. Uh, but Zemeckis hated the idea. He was like, you know what? Look, dude, like I don't want to do another Full Metal Jacket. Like I don't want to do another '80s, you know, a movie in the '80s about the Vietnam War. It was a very popular thing at the time. Yeah. Uh, he was like, you know, but I would like to do a Western. Like let's make Westerns cool again. In the '80s, they weren't. They were already kind of passe. No one was really doing. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, a, wh a whole lot of Westerns in the '80s. Um, so that's when they they ended up writing a. 
like a 160 page script or something like that um, and gave it to Spielberg and he loved it. And he, he literally said, you know, look, guys, I don't I don't want to cut this. I don't think you should cut it at all. I think you should just make it two movies. Um, and so mm-hmm. that's what they ended up doing. And then they as they did that, they worked backwards once they got it approved to make both. Because, of course, the studio is like, yeah, I mean, it's, this movie was a massive hit. You want to make two sequels instead of instead of one and just make them back to back. So we'll have two more blockbusters to come out. Uh, and, and that's what they did. Uh, now we'll, we'll definitely get to, to the way they they broke that down on the writing on the uh, the next uh, the next pop culture episode when we yeah. cover Back to the Future three. Uh, but man, like let's talk about the future for a little bit, right? So obviously it's 2019 now. Uh, they would have been going to uh, quote unquote 2015. Oh, yeah. um, and obviously we know that the future did not end up the way they envisioned it. Uh, but to be fair, it was really ambitious for the time. I mean, when you think about movies at the time being like Blade Runner and things like that, that were depict, or even Star Wars that were depicting the future more dingy and like mm-hmm. industrial, uh, they really tried to make it like a more positive blend. Uh, yeah. Like they had like more nature in, in the square instead of the parking lot that was a big pond, and they had like uh, you know more trees and like they were mm-hmm. trying to blend the futuristic, uh, you know, the flying cars and all that with uh, maybe. You know, you know, even Zemecca said, you know, hey, I was trying to plant the seeds that, you know, we should probably try to take care of the earth a little bit in the future as well, which I yeah. which looking back now, especially is super topical, even because even even like the that uh, that documentary came out in like 2011 or 2012. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they did they did add like a ton of Easter eggs, though, too, obviously, with a Jaws reference mm-hmm. uh, and um, the Miami. You know, Miami yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the Cubs and everything. Yeah. And dude, how about those self-lacing Nikes? Like, oh man! I feel like every and kid on Earth wanted a pair of those Nikes, dude, right? And the jacket, that, yeah. that like oh, that jacket, jacket sweet, with like dude. the the auto dryer in it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, dude, those shoes. I think in 2015, Nike came out with a special they edition. Did. Yeah, shoes. they did. They did. They were like yeah. they were like 32 grand. But One uh, of the, yeah. So there's now let's stop right there on that note. I did. I have a couple things I wanted to talk about. Some of the I like the shoes, I like the jacket. Some of the bad things when it comes to fashion in the movie in the future is the glasses. They're super 80s cheesy that Doc yeah. wears, oh, and yeah, the two ties of the Land of the Rising oh, yeah, Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Amazing. Two ties, like yeah. that. Why would you think that is gonna be a thing? But because it's they do, 89 yeah. right at this point. Right. Like, but they're going they into the 90s, and that was right. like a lot of bright colors and stuff in the 90s. Right, but just Ford two Pollock, ties, ladder two paints ties, and Yeah, I know. I know. It's cheese but for sure. It's but funny. That, but, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it's. I did like the fact that they did like a smart house type thing because that's really something Happens. that's actually yeah. coming coming Alexa, to light now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Alexa and not have in the fingerprint to go in a house. People have these things even today. Like that. Yeah. That's like real stuff. Um. Mar- Marty's kids are wearing like uh, virtual reality type goggles yeah. while they're eating and they get a phone call and they have, uh, I like that they kind of made a point that they had caller ID. Like it was like, Hey, it's so-and-so it's a uh, needles yeah. is calling you. Yeah. Um, and then they did like a FaceTime type thing. I like it. Yeah. I thought it was funny though, that they have all this cool futuristic stuff. That's kind of real. Then they fax. I'm going to yeah. fax oh, you. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. But there's no way. Well, that's really the re- thing. Like, yeah. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Last point is that it really reminded me their version of the future, kind of like you were saying, they didn't use some like gritty, terrible version of the future like a lot of people would do. Um, right, yeah. So many different, so many different um, uh, uh, frick. What is the word I'm looking for? So many different movies out there that do this. Um, 
but a movie called Sleeper by um, Woody Allen, Sleeper by Woody, A- Woody Allen is a future movie, and they do a lot of the same stuff, and it's from even further back. It's from the 60s. And if you like Back to the Future and you like future people going into the future, you should watch Sleeper. He kind of has the same type of future, but in a different – not the same in a way, but it's very more like light. has to do a lot more with robots, but yeah. they even do like – um. Uh, like you remember the robotic dogs that came out in like the late '90s, early uh, yeah, definitely. They have one of those. I had one for sure. Yeah, White and one, one of the blue eyes. Yeah. Yeah, and Woody Allen's joke in the movie is like, um, "What happens when he has an accident in the house? Do you have to clean up his batteries or something like that?" But um, if you like future movies, where that because I love movies where they go in the future, they go to the future, um, or go into the past. Like I love time traveling movies. And Sleeper by by Woody Allen is a great one, yeah. and and it really reminds me of this futuristic movie but i love the future well it's like when i was a kid two was my favorite back to the future two is my favorite same as a child yes that pink hoverboard is way cooler than the one with power you you that that board doesn't work on water the pit bull yeah Yeah. you got power. but i'd rather that pink one dude that pink one is so cool barbie yeah Yeah. michelle was michelle knew what they were doing the, How do we not have legit hoverboards yet? Like magnetic hoverboards. Like, come on, man. That's ridiculous. They, Mattel. They, Mattel. They Get your shit yeah. together. Come on. But, uh, yeah, dude. Not, uh, I, I could go on and on about the future of Back to the Future. But uh, the future scene in Back to the Future. But what what's next? So they also go back in time as well. Yeah, I mean, so, so okay, okay. Before we end, we end with the future thing. Uh, so like, all right. So back in the day, they didn't really have, they couldn't do it with like the clumps with like the green screen and stuff when you have alternate actors. So they literally like, so when you see that scene in the kitchen, everything that was on the set was glued down, like Don't the pizza cutter. It. Like Don't no, it was it. hot glued. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Because it. you because you can't move it. He had to move. Yeah. He had to be and so exactly. they, it had to stay the same. They yeah. talked about Zemeckis talked about how they had like um actual like 24 hours security around the set so no one would disturb it no matter what for any reason like 24 hours yeah. a day, and he said, of course the last day that they had to shoot, which was Marty as the daughter, they had an earthquake. So they oh, had to like go yeah. back, yeah. They had to go back and use footage and readjust some things. For the most part, everything was in place. But it's really just impressive, and it shows you kind of the dedication that all the actors and the directors and the whole kind of staff yeah. had for this movie. Uh, and it really shows, man. I feel like they did a great job. Um, th- now the darkness, the darkness and the edginess of the mm-hmm. Biff storyline. Um, yeah. And they did a great job too, almost almost to kind of add some of that like serial cheesiness to. You know, when Doc's, like, in the um, in the garage, and he's, like, showing on the chalkboard, and there's lightning flashing, and he's, like, showing, look what happened to me! And it's, like, yeah. you got, like, you know, you got, like, locked up in the psych war or whatever, and they end up using that paper uh, and how the paper changes. Um, yeah. It, it really becomes so iconic in this movie. Um, I mean, God, like, I remember them referencing it in, like, Family Guy and The Simpsons and, like, just oh, all yeah. of that, and it becomes such a huge deal. Um I mean, and then going back to the 50s, too, like, you're seeing what's happening from that first movie, but it's a completely different angle. So recreating that exactly like it was in the first movie is so difficult. Like, and imagine, like, and he said, like, it got really expensive, you know, because you have to end up hiring the same band to look the same. So if a guy, like, let's say the drummer who was playing, like, the the black-eyed drummer, 
mm-hmm. had gained a little bit of weight and had like had a fro. And so like, what do you what do you do? So they pay him to lose weight and yeah. cut his hair. Like it's insane. Like yeah. they literally pay the guy to age back. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so crazy the lengths that they went. And that for how long? The only time you ever see him, like really see him, is when uh, Marty's like creeping in with the leather jacket and the hat, and he's on the side stage, and you see the drummer like looking at Marty. Like that's the only yeah. time. So like like I, I don't know, maybe maybe twenty seconds tops, and then maybe and, some background shots where you yeah. barely oh, see yeah, him out of focus. Yeah, where he could have been, a, could, could, yeah, could have been a totally yeah. different person anyway. Yeah, yeah, like it's insane though. Like I mean, yeah. I mean, we're talking five figures extra they're having to pay essentially an extra to get in shape for this movie you know what i mean like that's wild like it's just it's crazy to think about how good is that song that they sing earth angel oh my god dude have you heard jimmy world's cover of that song no oh it's amazing yeah Uh, just as soon as we're done with this just google earth angel jimmy it's beautiful oh yeah it's beautiful yeah, yeah, I will. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that song, dude. Man, I remember as a kid watching this movie, and don't hate on me, man. This movie is not hard to, like, comprehend when and how things are going. But I remember as a kid being, like, starting to get confused. And me and my, even my older brother being like, wait, wait, wait. So, wait, they're in 55 now. That's Marty from 85 in the original movie. Yeah. He's there, but this is Marty. And, like, trying yeah. to piece it. I remember getting kind yeah. of confused, like, Wait, yeah. wait, wait, and then it all, and then you make sense of it, and at the end you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that makes the movie even better. It's just so, Im- that yeah, movie of makes course, movie yeah, yeah, it's like, just uh, so impressive. And that's and the I thing, love, too, man. Yeah, yeah. Go, no, go on. I, I feel like a lot of people kind of shit on this movie. A lot of people kind of oh. poo poo on like, and and the third one, uh, oh. and it, and it's because it's like, oh, you know, you just can't replicate the, the first one. I was like, you know what, dude, bullshit. Like, I think this movie yeah. is fantastic. Of course, it's different, but like, it's just, and that's the thing too. I feel like when people say that, like. Oh, Back to the Future 2 just wasn't a good movie. I'm like, I don't think that you're smart enough to comprehend what happened. Like, yeah. That, I, I really feel that way. Like, I feel like you just don't – you can't grasp it. Like, you just can't understand it all. Because people yeah. are like, it just gets too much – that's what they said. Like, when – I remember people saying – I remember one dude specifically telling me, like, it just gets too muddy when he goes back to 1955 for the second time. I'm that's like, the best part. Though. Yeah, it's like that – that, to me, that's yeah. what saved the movie. Like, if you don't have that, it's not as good of a movie to me. Like – because it, it wraps up to the end too it's like the exact same ending as the first yeah. one so like so this is the thing like in the first one we cut out you know after doc sends him back you know you see doc and he's laughing or whatever and then you cut back to 85 and so doc mm-hmm. goes and saves him from the 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 libyans or whatever uh with a bulletproof vest and that's the end of the first movie but like right. this way it's just again it's just like another perspective so if the camera in the first movie had just stayed on it a little bit longer you would have just seen Marty tearing down the street in the yep. leather jacket and you know like and of course dog just fainting and falling out and then having another to be continued um you know apparently the loudest pop of the night at the debut was was when people saw that there was going to be a third one like right away like another to oh, be man. was like roar because it was such a good movie i mean and yeah. that's the thing too it's almost like it's almost like in pop culture back to the future 2 has aged more as like the comedy one which it's totally not um yeah. and it's aged as like the not as good one but to me like at the time it was heralded i mean it was well loved by everyone um yeah. and, and, and as well it should be and i think honestly this is my this is my wrapping it up here for this one Okay. I feel like I feel like this movie gets a bad rap. It was my favorite Back to the Future movie until I was probably 
in my mid twenties. Um, and even then, like it took me a while to, 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 to give up my allegiance because I do tend to like the edgier, more complicated stuff, obviously mm-hmm. considering empire is my favorite star Wars movie of all time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love this one now as a grown man, I will say just for the purest script writing and honestly, however much of a freak he is, the acting of Crispin Glover, I, I yeah. still think that Back to the Future 1 is maybe a half a star better, uh, but it's so close. It's so close. Uh, what is your overall takeaway from Back to the Future 2? Yeah, I kind of hate you right now because that's like literally exactly how I feel about it. That was always the second one. I don't know many. I would say a lot of people that I've talked to still say the second one's their favorite, but second one was always my favorite. You got hoverboards. You got they go back all the way to 55. They go to 2015. Always my favorite. I guess I guess I didn't. Re- I, I don't. I can't tell you why, but I have changed where the first one. But honestly, I'm. The, I love all three. Not to be a cop out. I love all three so much. Oh, I do too, man. Sometimes love, the third one's my favorite. Though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, sometimes yeah, the sometimes. third one's my favorite. And nobody I feel like a lot of people don't like the third one. Oh, I love the third love one. The shit on the I third love one. the second one and I love the first one. Which one's the best movie? Probably the first one. But yeah. man, honestly, it's it, it's a crapshoot. I love them all. I love I love the third one. I love the second one and I love the first one. This one's so great. This one's got more of a twist where it's, like I said, kind of hard to follow at some points. If you're stupid like me when I was younger, it's like, whoa, they're now in their 1955. And then the match was a little long. It could have been a little shorter. The match could have been a little shorter. I felt like we had to get that in in this this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) But no, it wasn't. This movie, really no bad parts. I can't tell you anything bad about it because I love it. I thought it's, uh, I thought it was phenomenal. I just watched it again. Just got done watching it last night, and I love it. I love it every time I watch it. So it's- okay, all right, man. All right, KG Cass in this kayfabe comparison. Oh yeah. Uh, if you're going to between Empire Strikes Back versus Back to the Future Part Two. Where do you side, Mr. KG Cass? Man, I hate to be so obvious, but I'm gonna, I'm not gonna be kayfabe. I'm gonna. This is a shoot, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going Back to the Future 2 over Empire, especially because I was a little bored, like I said, in parts of the Empire. I was not bored at all in Back to the Future. I love the story. I love everything about it. It's just uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. Is Back to the Future 2. I mean, it's one of my wow. favorites of all time. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, so 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 far in this little trilogy of comparisons, you're two and zero oh for Back yeah. to the Future, right? Yeah, New Hope was a lot closer. I will say that. Okay. I well, I, I actually I gave it to Back to the Future one in in my in our first one. Yeah. But in this kayfabe comparison, I gotta give the nod to Empire Strikes mm. Back, and I give it to to Empire by a landslide. Really? Uh, again, and that, and that should tell you something. Like I love I love Back to the Future too. It's a solid yeah. four and a half stars if we're talking in wrestling terms. If we're talking about movie terms, Empire Strikes Back is probably like number two or number three of my favorite movie of all time, like period wow. of all time ever. Uh, it's just, it's, I mean, it's just, you know, I have it tattooed on my body. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not, I, I can't, I'll never, I, I can't not, I mean, granted, I'm getting another Back to the Future tattoo sometime very soon, actually yeah. this coming spring. But, um, but yeah, I mean. I gotta give it to Empire here, so so that's gonna be a so I'm 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 one for one. You're two and zero, oh. uh, and you know what, KG Cast, I felt like we had a, it's a little shorter than our normal episode, but I liked it. I thought I felt like we moved through yeah. both movies really well. I felt like we 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 covered uh, both topics really well, 
Uh, how do you how did you feel about you know the second installment and the third overall pop culture episode here on Kayfabe Comparison? I f- I feel you- great about it. I think sure. what everybody I think what everybody needs to do is watch both of these shows, then listen to the comparison, and then hit us up on Twitter on what you think about what we said about these movies and our little comparison here, and compare it yourself. Tell us what you think. Um, about these movies, watch it, listen to the podcast afterwards, and this just makes me even more excited because as we started talking about uh, Back to the Future 3, I, I'm getting excited. I want to watch Back to the Future 3 like now. So well, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to wait, Candy yeah, Cass. Yeah, I'll have to wait. But because that next being week, said, yeah, what do we got? Next week, we are back to wrestling. Back to what we do best. Guys, today is October 17th. Thank you so much for joining us for Pop Culture episode number three. Next week, it is going to be October the 24th, and it's going to be an all-1997 throwback episode. Just jumping full in, kayfabe. We're going to be covering WCW's Great American Bash from 1997, and it's going to be going against WWF's Canadian Stampede 1997. Mm. So a good old USA versus Canada, a good old 1997 versus 1997. We're in the heat, in the thick of mm. the original wrestling wars, the Monday Night Wars, um, and just covering one of our, you know, the greatest times, two of the greatest pay-per-views from each company. Uh, at this time, too, WCW was absolutely destroying in the ratings. Cass, how stoked are you for Great American oh. Bass 97 versus Canadian Stampede 97? I am so stoked, man. There's been a lot of talk lately about that Canadian Stampede pay-per-view oh, yeah. and how great it is. I haven't watched it in a long time, so I'm excited to go back and really break it down and take notes and talk about it in front of you guys. But I'm also excited to watch Great American Bash for the first time. And I'm actually excited more about Great American Bash because of that fact. The fact that I've never seen it. So that makes it even more exciting for me. I like watching this old WCW stuff. I like watching Sting and DDP and all these guys I've I've never seen before. Sting over there in the World Championship wrestling. I can't wait where the big boys play. Drop the adjective. Play. It's not an adjective, you ding-dong. Anyway, <laughs> keep going. Kevin Nash, baby. You ding-dong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the following week is going to be Halloween Day. And on Halloween Day, the Fave comparison is going to be bringing you a monster mash. It's going to be WCW Halloween Havoc from 1997 versus WWE's first ever pay-per-view as WWE. It's Judgment Day 2002. Oh, yeah. A little... uh dark theme from both sides a little spookiness if you will how pumped are you for that wcw 97 versus judgment day 2002 i'm gonna be looking for me in the crowd with my yellow sign yellow sign red yellow red letters yellow sign i do have a yellow sign that says edgehead and edgehead is written in red letters for the hair versus hair match in that match or in that pay-per-view so i'm excited by the way that last quote that was uh from that was from Kevin Nash's debut. I don't know. Did you get that? Did everybody get that? Oh, the, of course. The adjective course. thing? Okay. Anyway, yeah, what do you I think? I guess me, more me, of an ba- uh, adverb. But, but well, yeah, it's a verb. It's a verb. Play. Yeah. <laughs> but he definitely says that, something about, look at the adjective. <laughs> play. We're not here to play. Oh, so funny. But anyway, <laughs> back to Judgment Day and this spooky, spooky Halloween show. I can't wait for it. Like I said, I'm still a little scared. But I'm also excited. Me and Daniel will birth, boat, birth. We were birthed. We, we were birth birthed. The spookiest show we on your podcast app. 
we were birthed at that time, and we were actually there. I was there, and so was Daniel. Daniel, were you in? Uh, were you in camera view? Can are, are I, you... okay? So I was like, I would have been on the hard camera side, but I had a really yeah. good seat. I was actually okay. So like on the entrance ramp, like yeah. let's say you're in the ring and you're looking at the entrance ramp. I was on the entrance ramp, two rows from the corner. Yeah. So like right there. So like when Hogan got like slung into that little corner like barricade thing i was like there patting him on the back so the holster grace oh. this left hand right here the so back you, of the holster are you on camera i think that? i'm on camera once or twice maybe okay. maybe twice um but yeah i don't know i haven't watched the, i haven't actually watched the uh, we watched it together in a in a drunken haze on our yeah. uh, on our periscope uh, stream after our aew last stream and that was laughable so the few yes. of you that were there Thank you guys for sticking around for the long haul. That was a tough one. Um, yeah. So moving on. Yeah. After uh, after that, we're going to be moving into November. We're going to be covering, uh, you know, Kane Velasquez and Brock Lesnar and Crown Jewel. Uh, we're going to be covering Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman uh, versus ECW Key Rules from 2000. Uh, we haven't covered ECW uh, too much here, uh, so I'm, I'll be stoked to get ECW back in there. And then say that again. Up, say that again. ECW what? ECW Anar Anarchy Rules. Anarchy An Rules. You broke up a little bit. So I yeah, just Anarchy Rules it. from 2000. ECW okay. Anarchy Rules from 2000 versus WWE Crown Jewel in 2019, obviously. And that'll be our November 7th show. Wrapping up a full month, it's going to be AEW's Full Gear versus WCW Mayhem from 1999. That's going to be coming to you on November the 14th. Uh, you guys should definitely order Full Gear, man. I'm loving this weekly, uh, the weekly show that we've gotten from AEW so far. It's been great. Uh, November 9th is when uh, Full Gear will air. And so, you know, just that, that that next week, we'll be posting our our kind of coverage of that up against WCW Mayhem 99. Man, I feel like we've got uh, we, we continue to outdo ourselves with our content here. We've got a great schedule, man. Yeah, I'm super pumped. Thank you guys so much for joining us for our third ever pop culture episode. We love doing this. Give you guys a little break, you know, showing you a little, uh, a little, the other side of the coin of our nerddom, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, Cass, man, had a great time today. What do you think about these upcoming shows? How you feeling, bro? Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for, for listening on this uh, pop culture show. Uh, it's, you know, it's a little quicker show to kind of get a little, a little, little a little taste of some nerdness that we both yeah. have and a little look back on both of these great movies and like you just said we got some great shows coming up i can't wait i i hope all of you watch these shows and then listen along every week when we bring you more episodes of k babe comparisons hey now i'm hey ready now as always hey please now. be sure to follow us on twitter and instagram our handle is kfabecom, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button to wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. My name is Mr. Know-It-All Daniel John Schaefer. He is the KG Cast Lush. Hell. And we are out for this week, boys and girls. Peace. Peace. Just a friend.